hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Health and Hearth. This is this is my first podcast. Like, damn. Okay, your girls out here trying. Um, just a quick announcement. I'm going to try my absolute best to put out one episode per week, released every Tuesday. So just putting that out there. It's in the atmosphere. Holy Spirit's heard me. It's got, that means this is going to happen and it's going to happen. Um, but let's kick off today's episode with what is really and truly a sensitive topic. I think we should just dive right in. Life is tough and so are we. So the first topic I want to discuss today um, is clinical depression. The first series that I'm initially planning on releasing is going to be focused around mental health so if this is a big trigger for you massive disclaimer you know don't listen something and again I'm going to you know release another episode you know talking about a lot more light-hearted things um in the future so massive disclaimer we're discussing everything clinical depression related today so let's get let's get right in so today the reason I want to talk about clinical depression is because not only is it one of the fields that I work in the most, but a lot of people suffer from depression. At one stage or another in most people's lives, they go through phases where they feel depressed. Now, as a profession, I've encountered, I've come across a lot of people that unfortunately have gone through and have experienced depression for years um but i just want to bring awareness to depression because especially in the black community it's a massive taboo um and it's something that so many people are affected by but because of cultural standpoints or things of that nature they don't talk about it and then essentially they suffer in silence so let's just get right into it so clinical depression what is it what are the triggers i guess you can say what are the side what are the side effects what are the symptoms talking all things like that today so first things first is clinical depression is one form of depression there's a variety of forms like psychotic etc etc but today is sticking strictly to clinical depression so it's in layman's term it's it's feeling down for a few days it's the feeling of persistent sadness for weeks for months for years it can last absolute year like for some people they go through it for their entire life um and depression's a real illness like people actually suffer from this it's a real mental health illness and it has real symptoms behind it and it's difficult for people that are suffering from clinical depression to understand when people say things like snap out of it or pull yourself together or come on get your together do you know what I mean like stuff like that it's it's easier said than done like people that are actually going through and experiencing clinical depression on a day-to-day basis know that you can't just snap out of it because it's not something you can just snap out of 
Um, and with the right treatment and support and healthcare professionals behind you, most people with clinical depression can make a open quote, close quote, full recovery. Now that in itself is a problematic term because for a lot of people, recovery is so alien to them. It's so strange that they feel like, okay, there's a light at the end of this tunnel because when someone's going through stage of depression, there is no light, there's just a tunnel. And when someone says, when I say for recovery, for example, I don't mean, oh, you know, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be perfectly fine. You're going to, I don't know, go out and kick a ball around. No, that's definitely not what I mean by for recovery. What I mean by for recovery is with the right help, support, therapy, things like this behind you, by actual healthcare professionals, things will slowly but surely seem better. And before you know it, you'd be at a better place in your life where you are a lot more open-minded to certain things and because you're supported by people that know what you're going through and can support you during that. So really and truly, depression affects people differently um there's a variety of symptoms ranging from long-lasting unhappiness hopelessness um to losing interest in things that they used to enjoy um and feeling very tearful at the end of the day like for example a lot of people that um have been in my care in the past that i've worked with in terms of um healthcare wise that I've had clinical depression it's a massive change it is a noticeable change that things that they would necessarily that would necessarily bring them joy they then either stop doing entirely or even the thought of it brings them anxiety um and this is one of the biggest symptoms in my books because they're going against their natural human nature and it's sad to watch it's sad to observe but at least then if you can identify it if this is happening to a friend or a family member you'd know what to do to tackle the issue um so most people suffering from depression also suffer from anxiety one of the reasons for this is because a lot of the time they feel like they're alone now, COVID isn't helping the situation in the slightest. COVID, in fact, is amplifying the situation. There's three times uh, more of the population have become depressed during, like since the beginning of COVID. Now, this, this, well, it doesn't surprise me, to be honest. I don't think it surprises anyone. Um, because you're entire essentially your support system the people that you'd necessarily like you'd normally go to if something was wrong you can't just go because well support bubbles and restrictions and social distancing and all these kinds of things are in place and essentially when things are going bad you'd want to lean on the people that are there for you the most and because of covid you're not able to do that so let's say for example before pre-covid someone was already having a tough time of paying bills or they 
didn't have enough support financially or they were working but it just what they found it difficult to make ends meet or you know things like that so they're already going through their own mental health struggles and then on top of that now covid's hit and they've either for whatever reason been laid off work without furlough they're now having to rely on things like um social funding like think it's it's just so sad that people have to go through these avenues because if for example someone was like for example worked as an agency and whatever agency they worked in they aren't entitled to furlough that's it now they're down to the job center and they have to rely on social funding because they can't do anything else and a lot of people that i know personally um that has been laid off during the beginning of covid are finding it very 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 difficult on their mental health and these are normally strong world people these are people that you wouldn't they're like the strong friend quote unquote like they're the people that you don't normally check up on because you just assume they're fine and it's just it proves that this whole pandemic has really taken a toll on everyone's mental health everyone it's affecting everyone in one one way or another um but it's it it's a tricky one it's a tricky one um let's get into some of the symptoms so some of the symptoms of someone that is suffering from depression um can be feeling continuously tired feeling um like you know lethargic all of a sudden like you just you know not feeling like you're able to do anything um having really bad sleep patterns or not sleeping at all having no appetite um having a very low or no sex drive obviously if you're you know sexually active and of a consenting age um various body aches and pains feeling persistently low in spirit and the serious one really is well they're all serious but the one that i guess is a lot more common is feeling suicidal um with things like this i think at any stage during the process of a person you know reporting that they are feeling depressed i feel like just contact the gp as soon as possible contact your healthcare provider as soon as possible because it's clinical depression is not something that would just go away it's not going to you're not going to wake up tomorrow and feel oh yeah that's fantastic i'm never going to feel depressed again it's never going to work like that and everyone's recovery period is different and the reason i say contact a gp is because they are the point of contact they're the closest point of contact that you probably have especially during this pandemic um there's so many even though there is a pandemic there's so many A&Es shutting down so I'd say even before it gets to the point where you're feeling suicidal if you feel like you are in a depressive state contact your GP that is it that's my main if you take anything from this podcast take that contact your GP if there's anyone that you are close to like a friend or family member a neighbor and you genuinely feel like they are going down a depressive state sit them down talk to them let them know that they are not alone 
urge them to contact the GP. If you, even if it means that you have to be on the phone with them or you need to, obviously, if you're in, you know, the same support bubbles, even if that means that you need to go with them and, you know, be that helping hand and advocate on their behalf, do that with them because at least then they know that they are not alone during this. They have a shoulder to cry on. They have someone that they can lean onto. Um, but there's a range of clinical depressions it can range from mild to severe and depending on where every individual is on that spectrum the healthcare provider that you go and seek will advise you and diagnose you accordingly so when I speak of visiting your local GP or doctor or nurse or clinician whatever it is that is closest to you if you believe you're depressed it is honestly I have people come to me so often and tell me things that their spouses wouldn't know that their parents wouldn't know that their children don't know like such personal things and we're there literally to listen and to help so we're never going to take what you say and run with it and tell you know x y and z you're not going to see your story on bbc news that's never going to happen everything us healthcare providers do we do in your best interest so even if that means okay we can refer you to a talking therapist we're going to ask you if that's something that is going to work for you because there's no point in us recommending something and you're not having interest in it whatsoever we'd work alongside you and give you at most like the an holistic approach to make sure all your needs are met to make sure that if you're not seen if you're busy Wednesday we'll book an appointment for Thursday afternoon like it's just simple things like that to make sure that you understand that you're not alone in this and we're trying every avenue to help support you now there is a questionnaire I guess you can call it on the NHS website um, it's called, I believe, a depression self-assessment questionnaire. Now, this is something that a lot of um, healthcare providers recommend. And essentially, it's like a checklist. So oh, it's, kind of, it's really rudimental, but it's, it's kind of like a baseline structure of the questions that the doctors and the nurses may ask you if you go to the GP. It's questions like have you had a low sex drive you know do you find it difficult to be active in the mornings and stuff like this for some people that are suffering from depression and depressive states the most they can do is literally get out of bed in the morning and brush their teeth now for i've seen a lot of people that have suffered from depressive states and for a lot of them that in itself is the biggest achievement because it's so easy to fall into the I'm not leaving my bed state and I've seen people that haven't left their bed in weeks because they're still in that depressive state so just the sheer fact of getting out of bed you know going to the bathroom brushing your teeth washing your hair having a shower it can perk up your mood but getting to that point is so so hard um there can be a variety of uh, triggers to like you know for clinical depression um 
some of them could be bereavement, losing a job, losing family member, a close friend. Um, giving birth is a big one. Um, obviously, a lot of people have heard of postmortem postpartum depression. Sorry, I just it's I've always found it difficult to say that, but it is so common that a lot of people a lot of people like make fun of it and that's a massive problem because essentially you've given birth to a person that you've grown inside you you know that you're pregnant for nine months you now give birth and you're expected society has expected so much from you now that you're a mother and you've for you know depending on the person's status you've just about navigated who you are as a person and then you have to now sacrifice your sleep sacrifice your body sacrifice your meal sacrifice your time sacrifice everything for this baby that has come along and the mothers that I've met that have suffered from depression are I just I see them as heroes because it's so challenging it's so 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 challenging to find the support and to feel like you're not alone but trust me you are not alone there's always 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 help and support out there so there are obviously there's different triggers to depression um and scientifically it's proven that if someone in your family has suffered from depression then you will also suffer from depression at some point um that's what the statistics say obviously that's not a guarantee it's not oh if my mom has depression I'm gonna have depressed I'm gonna be depressed no that's not what the statistics say it just says that there's a high you're highly likely to be depressed or go through a stage of depressive depression if you know a family member the close family member has gone through it um so maybe that's something you should bear in mind and also I feel like people that um have friends and family that are going through stages of depression or have clinical depression in itself it's really important to also make sure your mental health is a priority because it's so easy to become so fixed into someone else's life that it's now bringing you down I think it's important to always have that respite and if need be rely on someone else or get another healthcare professional to bridge the gap so that you are also able to man yourself your mental health whereas and as as well as support the friend or family member that's going through um, clinical depression um so sometimes uh it seems like a lot of people especially during covid have just locked themselves away and convinced themselves that depression isn't a real thing it's because of covid that i feel this way it's because of covid that this to end together and because of it they don't seek help now there is help out there you just need to be courageous and take the first step so some of the treatments of clinical depression um, can include lifestyle changes. That's one of the first things that a healthcare professional would tell you. Um, for some people, it's really, really helpful. For some people, it doesn't help at all. But that's one of the first things that they'll probably suggest to you is 
lifestyle changes so you know the basics eat healthy exercise go get some fresh air even if it's a walk or throw a ball around and meditate do things like yoga and all these kinds of things like that's what they would suggest initially um there's other things out there like talking therapies even during covid there are a lot of of talking therapies um communities out there and most of it's taken place over teams or skype or things like that because just because you're not allowed to see the person physically due to the restrictions it doesn't mean that the help isn't out there you can still see a therapist and it's not going to cost you anything the doc the doctor or nurse whichever clinician it is that you see will refer you accordingly depending on your borough um to the closest talking therapist to you so that once lockdown eases and you can actually see them face to face again you're not having to travel far to get to see them and at least that's it it maintains the one-on-one relationship you have with the person so you don't have to tell another therapist your entire history because you still you know you stay with the one that you've had from the beginning um another form of treatment is medicine um a lot of doctors uh would prescribe that as a base obviously they start off with the lowest dose if possible um if they feel like you know you're in need of medicine in regards to clinical depression that is definitely something that they will prescribe to you um with medication a lot of of, it's everyone it affects everyone differently i've heard stories of people that it is the best thing that they've um been prescribed ever because it's so helpful to them and for some people it's made situations worse so it really is based off of what's best for you um so the recommendations are based on whether the doctor deems you to have mild moderate or severe depression um some of the benefits of therapy um of cbt there can be benefits like for example cbt exercise um one thing that like the most of the things that i most of the people that i've encountered um in addition with obviously therapy and things like that cutting down alcohol and quitting smoking has been so detrimental to their health and well-being as a as a whole like it's been they can take as many medication as they want they can see the therapist once a week if they choose but the real change does come from within and once you start making those changes you start to see the benefits within your life so that's a massive one like cutting down alcohol quit smoking um obviously like i said before the whole healthy eating thing um that is that's not the stereotypical have your five a day or eat three times three meals a day like kind of thing it's not that whatever whatever healthy eating is to you that's what you should try and be doing and obviously the doctor will advise you accordingly when you see the doctor or the nurse and the gp um one thing I actually do believe work works as well obviously not everyone's a reader but reading self-help books so um over on my instagram i'm gonna post my top three self-help books on there that i would recommend um my instagram's at health underscore hearth 
and these health help but uh, self-help books if english um has this obviously i've worked in a healthcare professional profession for years um and an area of the healthcare profession that i've enjoyed the most is mental health so i have worked alongside a lot of healthcare professionals that have also recommended these books so put that over on my instagram if you're interested um and another massive one is joining support groups so there are chat rooms and how like you know therapy groups that you can join that because you know everyone's in the same book like on the same page sorry um you can get that help and um, help and support that you need um but just to round things up clinical depression is a real mental health issue and if you know anyone that's suffering from it or if you're suffering from it yourself just be aware that you are not alone the support out there is there if need be please just seek help okay um my advice would be to call nhs urgent mental health helpline to speak to a mental health professional they provide 24-hour advice and support for all age ranges um, and can help provide an assessment to help decide the best course of care for you Um, i'll put their number and their website down in my instagram as well so just head over there if you feel like you need it Um, if anyone is going through severe stages of depression and to the point where they are feeling suicidal that is urgent care just call 999 if you're in the uk um and seek help that is it like don't take risks don't say okay you know um i'll stay around and you know hopefully they'll feel better no just seek help immediately and that way everyone is cared for accordingly because i know sometimes when it comes to family and friends you feel like you can help and you feel like your help and support is enough sometimes it isn't it really isn't and it's like my mother says it's better to be safe than sorry so just seek the help that's required out there and just be there for people that need it um like i said i'm putting the information down in my instagram go over there check it out it's health underscore hearth my name is mary till next week see you next week tuesday bye